You hear about superheroes everywhere these days. Did anybody go to that movie Endgame? That's like four hours you're never going to get back. So anyway. How about a hero? Do you have heroes as well? I have some heroes that you're going to hear about today. I looked up a couple of quotes about what is a hero anyway. And the first one is from Ralph Waldo Emerson. A hero is no braver than an ordinary man, but he is braver for five minutes longer. So that's a hero. According to Ralph Waldo Emerson, an old English proverb says, a hero is a man who is afraid to run away. So there you go, heroes. Today, you're going to get to hear a little bit about my heroes, but we're also going to hear about heroes of faith. So did you know that in the Bible, there's a list of people whose faith was so extraordinary that they were called heroes? So if you pull up the Bible verse on the screen, we're going to read from Hebrews 11. You can find it in your device or in your Bible if you have one. If you didn't bring one, we have them. Uh, or the words will be on the screen and you can just follow along, okay? Hebrews 11, and in many Bibles, you'll see that this is entitled Heroes of Faith, right? There'll, there'll be a heading up there. So Heroes of Faith, from Hebrews 11, we're going to read verses 1 through 7 and 30 through 34. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what is visible. By faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, he still speaks, even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the people had marched around them for seven days. By faith, Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. And, what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouth of lions, quenched the fury of the flames and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. This is what God talks about when he lists the heroes of the faith. Today, I want to talk about three of the people that are on the list. I want to tell you their story 
and tell you about what great heroes they really were. The first one I want to talk about is this lady named Rahab. Rahab was an innkeeper in the village of Jericho. Before I tell you about Rahab, we really have to go back 40 years. So 40 years earlier, Moses had sent spies into the promised land. So they got one spy from each of the 12 tribes of Israel. So 12 spies went into the promised land to scope it out. Right? So they went sneaking in, doing whatever it is spies do, checking out the promised land. And they came back and they said, it's beautiful. It's a fantastic land. Two of the spies, Joshua and Caleb, said, we can take it. We, we with God's help, can take this land. The other ten said, nope, I don't think we can win this battle. I don't think that we can take the land. Because of that, because of their non-belief, their lack of faith, God had the Israelites stay 40 more years in the wilderness, lost without a map. So now, 40 years have gone by. They're entering. They've crossed the Jordan River. They're in the Promised Land. Joshua is the new leader. And he sends two spies to the city of Jericho. And he says, go scope out the city of Jericho so that when we go to battle with them, we know what we're up against. So the two spies go and they stay at an inn run by this lady named Rahab. The word gets out that the two spies are in town and the leaders of Jericho start searching for the spies and they knock on Rahab's door. Now, Rahab has a choice, right? She can either give these two spies up or she can hide them. Those are really the two options that she has. If she hides them, she is committing treason. If you want to be in the newspaper, the very best way to get in the newspaper is to commit treason. If you run over mailboxes, you might make it all the way to Granville Informed. And if you rob a bank, you might get in the Grand Rapids Press. But if you commit treason, probably everyone in the United States is going to know who you are. There have only been 30 times that someone's been tried for treason in the United States. Four of those were the people who worked together to have Abraham Lincoln assassinated. One of those was actually a vice president of the United States way back when. His name was Aaron Burr. So committing treason is a big deal. I don't know for sure, but I would imagine back in the time of Jericho, if you committed treason, you were probably sentenced to death. It was a really big deal. Rahab made the decision to commit treason and hide the spies. Rahab had incredible faith. I want to tell you um, Rahab's testimony, but the best way to do that is to share it directly from what Rahab had to say. This is what Rahab told the spies. So think about this. This is an amazing testimony. Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up on the roof. She had hidden them in the roof. 
He went up on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear has fallen on us so that all who live in the country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard, so they didn't see, but they heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt. And what you did in Sihon and Og, the two kings of the Amorites west of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. Your, the Lord your God is surely God. Right, think about this. A lady, an innkeeper from a foreign land who heard about it. Right, She heard rumors. She heard stories. People who came and stayed in her inn told her what was going on. And she was like an amazing, she had amazing faith. And she, she took that faith that she, she heard, then she believed, and she took action. And her action was committing treason for the sake of God. Rahab truly had amazing faith. The next faith superhero that I want to talk about is this guy named David. Right? So, so David was a young shepherd boy. And at the time David was a shepherd, the Israelites were at war with the Philistines. Um, David, David was shepherding, and his brothers were in the Israelite army. The Philistines had a champion named Goliath. Some texts say that Goliath was over nine feet tall. And, and back then, if you were five and a half feet tall, you were considered a tall person, right? They, they weren't as typically tall as what we are today, but, but Goliath was really tall. He wore a bronze helmet, bronze armor, and he had a bronze javelin. He was completely decked out in everything you need to be a great warrior. The story takes place in, this, uh, in the Valley of Elah, and Goliath and the Philistines are at war with the Israelites. Goliath comes out every day, and this is what he says. Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. He did this for 40 days in a row. Now think back, think back to what you were doing 40 days ago, right? That's a lot of days to put up with this guy coming down and challenging you every day. None of the Israelites were willing or had enough faith to step up to the challenge of Goliath. David, who was a shepherd, was sent by his father to bring bread to his brothers who were fighting in the war. Now, I want, I want you to get a picture of this. So, Ella, can you stand up? Uh, and Tyler, can you stand up? Imagine that Ella and Tyler were going to war. Who do you think would win? This, this is what... Thank you, you can sit down. This is what I imagined the battle of David and Goliath to be like. You would look at them and you would say, that's not a fair fight, right? That's not a fair fight. 
But David had this incredible faith, right? And David said, I'll fight him. I'll fight, I'll fight this giant. And, and when I was preparing for this, I actually read David's testimony. I'm going to read it to you in a minute. David was a man. His testimony was not just like, you know, I think I can win. His testimony was, I'm going to smack you down, right? Let's read it. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with spear, sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcass of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there's a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by the sword or the spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. I love this testimony. This guy is, right, it's like, bring it on, because I got the Lord on my side, and he, it didn't matter that he was short and Goliath was tall, um, because he had incredible faith. David had incredible faith. Can you imagine going up against somebody like that and being so bold as to say those words? What an incredible faith our superhero David had. Really great. The next superhero that I want to talk about is this guy named Noah. But before I talk about Noah, um, I just want you to know that Noah is one of my heroes, right? So maybe you all have heroes in your life. Um, when, we, when my wife was pregnant and we were going to have our first child, uh, Evan, I kind of feel like you should be taking notes right now. Uh, when my wife was pregnant and we were going to have our first child, uh, one of my heroes is Abraham Lincoln. So I said, I got a great idea. If this child is a boy, let's name him Lincoln. My wife said, no, we're not going to do that. So I said, well, I have another great idea. If this child is a boy, let's name him Noah. I said, no, uh, or my wife said, no, we're not going to do that either. We're going to name him Andrew Scott Skolton. Well, I grew up with the initials BS, and so... You can imagine what I thought of the name Andrew Scott Skolton. I didn't think that was a good idea at all. So, so my middle name is Lee. So I said, how about if we name him Andrew Lee Skolton? And she said, yeah, okay, that will be great. When she was pregnant for our second child, I said, I got a great idea. If this is a boy, let's name him Lincoln. And she said, no, we're not going to name him Lincoln. I said, well, then how about Noah? Maybe we could, she's like, no, we're not naming him Noah either. We're naming him Zachary. Well, my grandfather had just passed away and his name was Bert. And so I said, how about if we name him Zachary Bert? And she goes, yeah, that's okay. You know, in the back of my mind, I was thinking, um, you know, I don't really get to pick these names. My wife promised that she would love, honor, and obey. Whatever happened to the obey part of that? And then I realized that maybe... I just had this amazing gift for picking out middle names. So, so maybe that's just something I'm good at. I just told you that whole story to let you know that Noah is one of my heroes. And I really feel like I identify with Noah. So 
So I'll tell you more about that in a minute. But let's talk about Noah. Noah was a righteous man and he walked with God, but there wasn't much righteousness in the world at the time. In fact, the world was full of violence and Noah was the only good person that God could find. And so God said, I'm going to destroy the world. And so God came to Noah and he goes, Noah, build an ark because I'm going to use that ark to save your family and to destroy the world. And he said, in fact, when you build the ark, build it out of cypress wood, make it 515 feet long, 86 feet wide, and 51 feet tall. So in case you wonder, that's about as wide as the gym is here that we're in, twice as tall as the gym, and five times as long as the gym that we're in. It took incredible faith for Noah to do that. If God told me to build an ark, the first thing I would do is Google how to build an ark, right? The second thing I would do is go to Lowe's because they got, they got ark building stuff there. And the third thing I would do is call Rawl Skalma because he's good at building stuff, right? Noah didn't have any of those advantages that we have today. In fact, it took Noah 75 years to build the ark. Now, we have some unfinished projects at our house, but we don't have anything that's been going for 75 years, right? That is a long time to work on any project. I, for sure, would run out of patience after about 75 days, right? Nowhere near 75 years. But Noah built the ark. Noah did as God commanded him to do. And, um, and I identify with Noah. Don't, I wonder if Noah liked animals. Maybe his wife just really liked animals and he didn't like animals that much. And do you know what animals do when they're on an ark? You put hay in one side and you get fertilizer out the other side. This is not a glamorous job the whole time that you're on the ark. I kind of identify with Noah a little bit. Um, Noah was a great man of faith. To work on a project for 75 years, it also says in the Bible that his neighbors laughed at him. That would be like the deal breaker for me. I'm not good at all. You know, other people could get angry with me and I'm okay. But when they laugh at me, I don't like being the butt of other people's jokes. And so... That would be really, really difficult. I think Noah had incredible faith. He for sure is a great hero. So we've talked about Rahab, a great hero of the faith. We've talked about David, a great hero of the faith. We've talked about Noah, a great hero of the faith. What about you? What about me? When I think about my ability to be a hero of the faith, this is the verse that came to my mind. I'm not recommending that you take this verse literally, or if you're going to, you should talk to like Carrie or Diane first. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it is better to you lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. My right eye and my left eye have caused me to sin. I've seen things that I shouldn't have seen. My feet 
have taken me places that I shouldn't have gone. My hands and arms have done things that I shouldn't do. My ears have heard things that I shouldn't hear. For sure, Jeff's gulped with me. My tongue has said things that it shouldn't say. And my brain has thought things that it shouldn't think. I'm a mess, right? I could never be a hero. But what did we learn so far? We learned that Rahab was a great hero. We learned that David was a great hero. And we learned that Noah was a great hero. And we learned that I, because I'm flawed and messed up, could never be a hero. This is where I want you to stop, right? There's this great American um, hero called Paul Harvey, and he says, and now the rest of the story. Let me tell you the rest of the story about Rahab and David and Noah. So Rahab, I told you she was an innkeeper, and she was, but that inn was really a brothel. Rahab was a prostitute. She sold her body for money. Rahab was a great hero, and she was flawed. A flawed person, a great hero of the faith. David, my goodness, David... David was a peeping Tom and a murderer and a lecher. David, David had some bad times, right? David was a great hero and a flawed person. David was both. Noah, if you read the story of Noah, what you'll learn towards the end of the story is that Noah was a drunk. Noah liked alcohol too much. Noah was a great hero and a flawed person. So maybe you and I can be great heroes even though we're flawed people. I think that we can. What do heroes do? Heroes hear God, heroes believe, and heroes respond with action. So maybe you say, well, how could I be a hero? What would I have to do to be a hero? Well, I have good news for you. Today, I'm going to give you 10 ways. I could have given you 100, but I have a tea time. So I'm going to give you 10 ways that you could be a hero. First, you could adopt a child. That would be very heroic. You could visit someone in prison. Some of you know people in prison. You could just be a friend, right? Find someone who needs a friend and be a friend. You could sponsor a child. You can go to Compassion Child and for $5.28 or $15 or some amount of money, you could sponsor a child. You could go to Taco Tuesday because you know all that is is hero training, yes? You could give this guy $20. Now I know... He's probably not going to use it wisely. But this sermon isn't about him. It's about all of us, right? Give him $20 or $50 or $100. You could be a foster parent. You could be a warrior and not a worrier. I didn't just put this in for you, Mom. You, you could give until it hurts. You could start a new church. Some of you are on that path right now. These are ways that you can be heroes. So, 
So how did it work out for our heroes, right? So think about the heroes that we talked about. Noah, you're all related to him. You know, you're all like, if you go back far enough, if you get Ancestry.com and you go back far enough, Noah, Noah's in there. You're all related to Noah. Jesus came from Noah's line, obviously, right? Rahab. Uh, Jesus also came from Rahab's line. You know, Rahab was the great, great grandmother of David. I might have the wrong number of greats, but you get the idea. So Jesus is related to Rahab. And of course, David, you know that Jesus came from the line of David as well. And what about you and I? Step brothers and sisters with Jesus Christ, right? It works out for all of us as well. You all have gifts. Maybe you're like Lizzie and you're great with children. Maybe you're like Jared and you're super strong. I was pulling up carpet next to him and I wasn't pulling anything because he was pulling so much. I, all I had to do was just walk along and, and pretend because that guy is strong. Maybe you're like Alex and you're really organized. Or maybe you're like me and you're just really great at middle names. You're good at coming up with middle names. But you all have gifts. And God wants you to use those gifts to be a hero. Shall we pray? Our dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that we could come today to learn about some of the heroes that you've identified in the Bible for us. We want to ask that you be with us as we leave this place and we work to be a little more heroic than what we were when we came in. Help us to be bold and brave and people of action. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.